again, we see majority of Americans who disagree. And so when you are not with where majority of Americans are, then, you know, that is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking. I'm not going to. That's what I have for you, Phil. Yeah, the, the speech last night to me sounded like a president delivering a wartime address. Uh, and and indeed, Joe Biden sees this as, as he said, a battle for the soul of the country. It's a battle for the preservation of our democracy. Uh, and to me, the significant thing was that he, he yes, he called out Donald Trump, uh, but he also called out the MAGA Republicans, the, the, the mm-hmm. MAGA uh, Republican officials uh, and followers uh, who, you know, for whatever motive, um, under whatever delusion, uh, are going down this this authoritarian path, this undemocratic path, and trying to take the nation with them. Uh, and he's he framed this as an emergency, um, as yeah. as something that we as a nation need to bond together to stop uh, and to reverse and to to return to uh, to our democratic principles and our democratic practices uh and it to me it was it was it was an urgent wartime address and that's why joe biden's speech was so brilliant last night and bravo to joe biden i've been very very critical that he lost doesn't have the mojo doesn't have the passion is not hitting the nerve and he nailed it last night and he did something that joe you've been asking or i've been asking for which is brand the Republican Party overall, make it a referendum on crazy, a referendum on semi-fascism, a referendum on violence, a referendum on the end of democracy, a referendum on on a woman's right to choose all of these things, which which is extreme, which is very right wing, which is frightening. He did it. And he branded the entire party, although he was very clever to say, look, this is not everybody. But yet make it a referendum on the extremism, on the semi-fascism. And that's what he did. And that's what he did so brilliantly. There was something in the visual last night also that that red. It was almost an ominous red in the background. I don't know what was intentional, what was not. But kind of the backdrop set the seriousness of it, the ominous of it. There was a certain tone there. But what he did last night in a very single-minded way, finally, and I think there are people at home were probably there was a sigh of relief as you were watching it. Finally, set up the parameters. Don't hold anything back saying, you know what? This is now a referendum on extreme, crazy radicalism and the end of democracy. Set the stage that way. And to me, that trumps, no pun intended, inflation. It trumps anything else. I think he nailed it. Well, indeed, this was a a speech for the history books and for the American people and for anyone, Republican or Democrat or independent, who is worried about the election lies that are continuing to permeate the American election system. As someone who's been out on the campaign trail in the last few days, I can tell you that in talking to Republicans who believe the false claims that the 2020 election was rigged, they really do believe all of the different conspiracy theories that former President Trump is peddling. And they're very, very worried about whether or not another election could be stolen. Of course, then you have Republicans like Judge Ludic, who, who testified before the January 6th committee, who said he, as a Republican, is worried that if a Republican doesn't win in 2024, that that election could then try to be stolen um, from Republicans who are angry. So last night, President Biden was trying to really speak to Americans and say, look, the entire democracy is at stake. And it was very clear that he was also wanting to make sure he reached back to January 6th and reminded people that political violence is not, is not an option, that it's not something that is acceptable in this country. I also think it's really important that he said you can't be pro-law enforcement and also pro-insurrection. Inter- in um, you can't be pro-loving your country while also be only wanting to, to be happy um, and think that the democracy is working when you win. Those were key lines, I'm, I'm told by White House officials, because he wanted to make sure that people understood the stark moment that we're living through, because all across the country, we're seeing election deniers win elections, win primaries. And for critical seats like secretaries of state who run the election system. So this was definitely something that I think was for a broad audience. Who was listening, I think, is going to be a key question. We already know this is such a partisan issue. If you're a a Republican, mainly someone who is still following the former President Trump and and still supporting him, you're going to see the speech, as Kelly said, as political. You're going to see it as as sort of more of the same. But if you're a Democrat and an independent or a Republican, many of them who maybe don't want to talk on camera, but many Republicans are also worried, um, then you're going to see the speech as something that needed to be said, especially ahead of the midterms in 2024. Mr. President, do you consider all Trump supporters to be a threat to the country? 
Y'all, everyone, come on. Come on, look, guys. Listen, you keep trying to make that case. I don't consider any Trump supporter to be a threat to the country. I do think anyone who calls for the use of violence fails to contend violence when it's used, refuses to acknowledge when the election has been won, insists upon changing the way in which the rules you count votes. That is a threat to democracy. Democracy. And everything we stand for, everything we stand for rests on the platform of democracy. When people voted for Donald Trump and support him now, they weren't voting for attacking the Capitol. They weren't voting for overruling the election. They were voting for the philosophy he put forward. So I am not talking about anything other than it is inappropriate, and it's not only happening here, but other parts of the world, where there's a failure to recognize and condemn violence whenever it's used for political purposes, failure to condemn. Taking more. You know, Donnie Deutsch. You got Donnie Deutsch. I can't take him more. You got Donnie Deutsch. You got Morning Joe. They're all got the pom poms out. You got uh, uh, you got the Washington Post columnists. I think Eugene Robinson, brilliant. You've got uh, you know urgent wartime address. Urgent wartime address. War against the American people. Half of them, two thirds of them. Referendum on the referendum. Donnie Deutsch sitting there. They're all loving it. You know, uh, uh, Biden looks like Moloch last night. Uh, desecrates. The most sacred outside of Arlington National Cemetery in our battlefields, Gettysburg, Valley Forge, probably the most sacred space in the country where the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, two divinely inspired documents, were conceived, negotiated, and, and agreed to outside with, with Marines used as prop, the Marine Corps, uh, having 13 of the, uh, uh, the bravest, right? What, 11 of the Marines, I believe, uh, thrown away at the Abbey Gate. And he's not even strong enough to stand up to what he said last night because they saw the overnight polls. They've seen the reaction. They've seen the revulsion of the American people. And he walks it back. He walks it back. Now it's just the political violence, guys. We don't believe in political violence. We don't need political violence. Joe, you're triggering. They tried to assassinate me again last night with another SWAT with the Special Forces Tactical Units. Your people. Your people. Directed by all the what you've said in Bethesda, what you said in Scranton, and what your uh, Zen master Jean-Pierre said at the at the White House. If you're not with the majority, first of all, we're the majority, but if you're not with the majority extreme, when has that ever been said in, in, in the United States, even during the height of the Vietnam War, even during the run-up to the Civil War? I've got Doug Mastriano, who's going to put a good old-fashioned whooping on Shapiro, who's a radical. And last night, they come to Philadelphia, a city that is imploding into anarchy and chaos with the African-American community, the Hispanic community, paying the biggest price. Doug Mastriano, a man who served his country, which Joe Biden never did, a man who served his country. So, Doug, I just got to ask you first, as a historian, you got a PhD in history, you're a combat veteran. Um, when you see last night the, the stagecraft of, of, of obviously fascistic, but almost more than that, demonic with these colors, blood red, and no one's ever seen that in the United States, not even the color of a flag. The flag kind of held in distress, not totally in distress, but not, 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 not parallel where it normally is. And the Marines used as props. It looked like Lenny Riefenstahl did the stagecraft here. Doug Mastriano, your thoughts, before we talk about Pennsylvania, your thoughts about last night, sir? It was chilling. It was dark. The vices. I mean, I agree that that he would use the national symbol of Independence Hall, where in 1776 the light of liberty was lit at great risk to our founding fathers. You know, their lives were forged in the sacred honor they put on the line there, and it was not a foregone conclusion they're going to win that eight-year-long war against the greatest empire in the world at the time. And then the same place in 1787, where, uh, of course, the Constitution was drafted. You know, the irony is not lost on me. You know, in 1787, you know, when they're in a Constitutional Convention, when Benjamin Franklin came out on one of those days to negotiate, I mean, debate, that uh, a Mrs. Powell was outside of Independence Hall, where, where Sleepy Joe gave an awful divisive speech. And she yelled out to him, Mr. Franklin, do we have a monarchy or a republic? And he said, of course, a republic if you can keep it. And Steve, I got to be honest with you, until 2020, 
I knew our freedoms were fragile, but I did not realize how fragile and how rare those freedoms really were. Yeah, we took them for granted for you know, over two centuries. They're always there. We had people like yourself and myself in uniform defending them. And to watch these things rapidly drawn back in 2020, in my case, under Governor Wolf and Josh Shapiro, my opponent, who backed up every failed policy of Wolf that he could, and then listen to that very chilling and dark speech, the, the politicization of our national shrine, and it's called the politicization of the United States Marine Corps. You know, I, I, I go, I, I scour through my social media, and my political pages, because obviously there's pictures of me in uniform. I, unlike Sleepy Joe, I spent over 30 years in uniform defending our country. And so, of course, there's pictures of me in uniform. And we have to have our little, this is not, you know, infer DOD endorsement. Where was that banner last night? You know, who's going to be fired for that? In fact, how inappropriate, almost a year to the day of that ridiculous, unnecessary, embarrassing retreat from Afghanistan where we lost 13 of our service people, you know, as you said, 11 Marines, one soldier and one Navy corpsman, you know, and, and to, to use our, our service people as a prop to attack his political foes. I mean, you've, been, you've experienced personally some of the unprecedented persecution politically. We saw what happened to Donald Trump, you know, three weeks ago, and, and now we're watching this bring it up another level. Joe Biden will be responsible for any violence against Republicans now, because he, in effect, he's calling for violence. He's as as the Washington Post commentator, I won't call him a journalist commentator. Uh, I, I can't even, Steve. How can these people not see? They got cognitive dissonance. You know how dangerous this is. This is not a game, and it demonize over half of the population in the United States because you disagree politically. Unprecedented. They know you're you're a historian. People don't know you have a PhD in history. I just ask you, in the history of this republic, given the turmoil we've been through and some of the tough times, not just the president, has any elected senior elected official ever addressed any, even in the run up to the Civil War, where they're saying half of you, over half of you are, are enemies and give a wartime address? Even Lincoln, during the, the height of the conflict, continued to try to reach out. He, he tried to say, we have the whole... Uh, you know, I represent the whole nation. Have anybody ever sat there? And it was, you know, as Eugene Robinson said, it was a wartime address of going to war against half to two thirds of the American people. Doug Mastriano. I got to be honest with you, Steve, that as a student of history, as a doctor of history, I cannot think of any example of any serious politician uh, going back you know, a few centuries uh, in the lead up to this where there's been this outrageous rhetoric. You know, during the First World War, now, I mean, the, Wilson did attack those of, of German descent quite a bit, sadly. Uh, World War II, wow, well, wait a second. So Wilson, I mean, he, he verbally attacked and threatened any German, of course, which may have had sympathy with Imperial Germany in 1979. And in fact, one of his spokesmen said, you know, if you guys rise up, because Kaiser Wilhelm, you know, Kaiser William of, of, of German Empire said, you know, you have a lot of ethnic Germans if you declare war on me, because well, we've got more lampposts to hang from. And that was a Democrat talk. Uh, World War One. Uh, who rounded up Japanese American citizens and put them in concentration camps? Oh, the Democrat administration. So, I mean, we do see some threads uh, throughout American history of the Democrats going too far. We see the Democrat Party defending the institution of slavery in the South. And so th there is this common thread. But to have this rhetoric of, of declaring war and, and having these clowns in the media on the far left, uh, thank God they're, they're not all lining up. You know, even people on CNN saying this is too much, too dark, too deep. Uh, unbelievable. I, I, I want to pivot for a second, and we'd love to hold you just through the break. The president's coming tomorrow to uh, to Pennsylvania. Give me 30 seconds to go to break. How important is tomorrow to, to for the initiation of these of these campaigns? It's a huge deal. You know, so he's coming up to endorse and, and obviously speak, but he's going to endorse me and Oz, but speak on our behalf here. So much is at stake. We have to win the gubernatorial race in Pennsylvania to correct the correct trajectory that we're on. We have a choice between freedom and tyranny. And it's very clear the, cho the choice could not be clear. Last night confirmed that. And the same thing uh, with Dr. Oz on the Senate side. We, we need to take the Senate back to restore balance. Right now, the Democrats are acting as if they're drunk on power. They just go too far. Uh, Colonel Mastriano, can you just uh, please hold with us? Short commercial break. Hold Colonel Mastriano. A few more questions for him. we got Mike Davis, Boris Epstein. Uh, MTG is going to try to join us in the second half. Uh, we got a lot going on today in the war room. Be back in a moment.
what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Colonel Mastriano, uh, has uh, Josh Shapiro condemned that speech from last night, sir? My opponent, the Attorney General Josh Shapiro, has not condemned the speech, and he'll be hard-pressed to do that since he's gone so overboard using similar inflammatory language as Biden has been using. So Biden walks it back today because they understand the overnight polling and even the media is crushing them about the look of Moloch and, and the fascistic and, and, and using the, our, the revered Marine Corps. I mean, a, a disgrace on every part of stagecraft and every line in that. So Josh Shapiro then owns the whole speech. Even Biden walked it back. But you're saying Josh Shapiro has not condemned or said how over the top any of the speech was, sir? He absolutely has not. I'll be shocked if he does, because Steve, he, he's been saying basically this about me and my movement over the uh, since April or so. I mean, the guy is over the top. You know, he's sitting there saying how how dangerous we are for democracy. Are you kidding me? And, you know, who's threatening other people and other political opponents? Definitely not us. It's him and it's Joe Biden. Uh, the, the talk it took place last night. The speech took place last night or the tirade, the screed, the primal scream of a regime that is understands it's about to be thrown out um was in the cradle of liberty one of america's greatest cities and quite frankly one of the greatest cities in the world a city that was second only to london during the revolution philadelphia the greatest early city with boston in the united states that city a great philadelphia you ever spent any time there great people great city descending into anarchy and chaos not one mention last night of the anarchy and chaos of the citizens particularly African-American, Hispanic citizens that yep. can't walk the streets, don't feel safe, not one mention. Josh Shapiro is in the chain of command. He's as much responsible as anybody associated directly with Philadelphia for that chaos and anarchy, uh, uh, Colonel uh, Mastriano. So here's the deal, Steve, and this is why Josh Shapiro can't condemn that speech. He has to run on hate and division, just like Biden tried last night. Is that when Josh Shapiro came in in 2016, there was 277 homicides in Philadelphia his first year, and uh, now it's pushing 600 annually. The guy is a senior law enforcement official of Pennsylvania, and homicides have more than doubled in time. You know, we're number 12th in homicides nationwide. We're number eighth in overdose poisonings. Uh, we're number deaths. We're number four in the fentanyl deaths. We're leading the way, sadly and tragically, in, in, in sex trafficking where beautiful young people are being abused by, by terrible uh, men. And Josh Shapiro does nothing but run around with you know, his perfect hair trying to get votes. And, and, and instead of doing his job during the shutdown, he, he proved to be nothing but a tool of the Democrat Party. Josh Shapiro actually sued the parents of Pennsylvania to keep kids in masks another year. He actually sued to keep businesses shut down for another year. Instead of doing his job and focusing on law and order, which, which is his number one responsibility, he actually took to the Supreme Court and sued the little sisters of the poor. I mean, who sues none? I mean, are you kidding me? And uh, he sued them over a disagreement over their very highly held religious belief. He has no tolerance for them. He's a typical leftist that's full of bigotry and intolerance. And uh, 
you know, facts are stubborn things. Pennsylvania, you're less safe and secure under Josh Shapiro. He's too extreme and too dangerous and too radical and too partisan to be governor of Pennsylvania. Particularly, you think about Pennsylvania, you know, Valley Forge, uh, the Trenton, you know, the, the discrossing the Delaware, Gettysburg, Independence Hall. Only, and I would say as my beloved Virginia, I think even matches Pennsylvania, sacred soil. It's it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace of what they have allowed that Commonwealth to devolve to. Colonel Mastriano, how do people find out more about the campaign? Tell us about the rally tomorrow. What time is it? I hear it's already sold out. We Ernie Prie is going to be on the six o'clock show. He says it's going to be tough to get in. How do people get there? Uh, what time is it going to be? We're going to do pregame coverage tomorrow from ten to noon live. Jack Posobiec's going to kick off. Uh, talking all Pennsylvania all day long. Tell us about it. Go to DougForGov.com. We have a link. Uh, if there's any tickets left, be, I'd be glad to see you out there. I mean, it's going to be incredible. Joe Biden was, uh, you know, in Scranton, uh, what, a couple days ago, and he had no more than 100 in the room there, couldn't fill up a, a high school gym. Uh, we're going to have about 10,000 tomorrow. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be important coming on the heels of, of course, this is Donald Trump's first public appearance uh, since the, the raid at Mar-a-Lago, the unconstitutional chilling rate, and also on the heels of what has happened in uh, Philadelphia. And I agree with Stephen. In Philadelphia, especially Independence Hall, that's where people like Ronald Reagan would go to give unifying speeches to bring all Americans together. And what do we have with Joe Biden, Josh Shapiro, is dividing conquer. It's all about division and demonizing your political foes. That's why we have to win. So Republicans, don't just sit back and complain. All right, so let's get up, volunteer, donate, help your candidates of the choice set to win in November. So much is at stake, the future of our country is. We're not going to have more money. We have to have more muscle. You have to volunteer. Yeah. Remember, the Eugene Robinson, the top columnist of Wall at the Washington Post, said it was an urgent wartime address. It was declaring war on half of the American people. He's never said this about the Chinese Communist Party. He's never said this about the mullahs in Iran. He's never said about the kleptocracy, the, the kleptocrat KGB in Russia. He's never said this about any of the enemies of Venezuela, Cuba, the, the Mexican. He's, has he ever mentioned the Mexican drug cartels that have trafficked and brought the fentanyl in, the death and destruction to the people in Mexico and to working class people uh, and and, uh, and higher percentage of Hispanic and African-Americans and fentanyl deaths and murder because of this. Has Joe Biden yeah. ever said a word about the Mexican cartels of what he said about his fellow citizens? This speech, that photograph and that moment will live in infamy. It will live in infamy. The paper of record, the New York Times has got it right on the cover. Even they couldn't cover it up. It looks like something out of Lenny Riefenstahl stagecraft at Nuremberg. It is a disgrace to this nation. It's a disgrace to every patriot's grave from the revolutionary generation down to the current time of the 13 honored dead at Abbey Gate in Kabul Airport. And, and, and we have a moral obligation to defeat him at the polls on November 8th, and we have a moral yeah. obligation. We have a sacred duty like they had in Philadelphia. We have a sacred duty to impeach him and remove him from office. If we're a constitutional republic... We must do that. We have a moral obligation. Colonel Mastriano, we look forward to DeMar in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And uh, fight on, sir. Thank you for having me on. Keep fighting a good fight, brother. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Um, do we have Boris? Okay. Uh, Boris is not. He's there. Boris, are you ready? Boris, ready. okay, fine. Uh, Boris, um, I got to ask you. I thought about you last night as I was watching this. Given I'm always thinking about you, Steve. Th thank okay. you. Given your family's like, history, given your doing, how's the Robert give, give, Redford impression? Give, given your family's history, given your family's history coming from Russia, how chilling was that last night when you saw a president of the United States up there looking at stagecraft like Lenny Riefenstahl? I tell you this, Steve, it's chilling in terms of where my family and I come from, but it's also chilling in terms of me being a proud descendant of the six million Jews who were massacred in the Holocaust by Adolf Hitler and and his disciples. Let's just let's call a spade a spade. You know, it's enough. People are saying thing, saying it, but aren't saying it. Let's just say it. That was if that's not Nazi imagery, I'm not sure what it. The black and the and the red. You've got him up there. He's he's pumping the fists, and you know maybe maybe he's watched too many movies. Maybe he's just so far gone. But, you know, there was a, there was a, a sort of a, a dystopian movie in the 90s about what would have happened if, if World War II had gone a different way. And they showed, you know, an elder Hitler in, in, I believe, the late 50s 
you, and and that's the that's the imagery. An old guy up there doesn't know what's going on. It's night. It's black and red and dark, and you got the military behind you. The it's one thing to ridicule, you know, when he just bumbles and fumbles, right? It's one thing to ridicule even after the speech when he turns and doesn't know where he's going, right? But it's completely different to look at that speech and look at the way that Biden attacked, dehumanized America, then he pumped up as a democracy. It was straight out of 1984, straight out of Animal Farm. This is a dystopia we're, li we're living in, ladies and gentlemen. It is not to be ignored. It is not to be ridiculed. It is to be vigilant about. And this attack, this, this weaponization of, of law enforcement, this targeting of political opponents is exactly what Joe Biden is calling for. We cannot stand for it. Uh, talk to me about, by the way, you know, being at the White House comms about the stagecraft, everything at the White House is so, this was an act of commission. They, oh, and totally. somebody said, well, maybe you got the colors wrong. Even Diane Dorsch, maybe they, they knew exactly what they were doing. They wanted this effect. They wanted this impact. And this was to intimidate American citizens. Am I wrong in that, Boris? You're a thousand percent right on that. This is absolutely planned. And, you know, they've got this dark Biden meme going. So the idiots in this in this administration thought that that would be a good idea. But I will tell you that I'm I'm rather convinced that there's there are people who are controlling Joe Biden who thought that the imagery was fitting. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, they're trying to pay homage. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that they tried to go dark. They tried to go uh, oppressive. That's what they were trying to do. This wasn't uplifting. This isn't, you know, when President Trump went to Mount Rushmore or the, the, the fireworks on the White House lawn. This isn't celebrating America. There's barely any American imagery. She had that strange yellow light and then the yellow lights going on, you know, Biden's face. It, this, this wasn't what America is supposed to be. This is some scary movie they pulled it out of. Or, as you said, Lenny Riffenstahl. It was an embarrassing but undoubtedly message. When CNN anchors start blowing them up about inappropriate use of the Marines and the imagery, they, they clearly walked it back today. What do you think that's driven by? Naked political calculation. These are disgusting people, okay? Let's just, let's just call it what it is. Whoever authorized the, the break-in and the raid, the burglary of President Trump's home, whoever's authorizing this weaponization of law enforcement and, and, and prosecution all over the country, these are disgusting human beings who have power so deeply ingrained into them, who are so obsessed with power, they will they will not stop at any level. They will not stop at any level. And you saw Joe Biden being used for that tool last night. Uh, but Boris, I need you to hang just to the thing I ask you about Pennsylvania. Got we got Don't Mike worry. Davis. We got Amanda Milius. We got MTG. We're on fire. The next hour is going to be insane. Talk about Pennsylvania. And also Dave Ramaswamy is going to break down the Molly Ball cover story in time from a year and a half ago, where they brag about it. They brag about how they stole the election. Next, in the war room. War Room. Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. MyPillow.com. Remember, Biden's walked it back. It's only the election deniers he's coming after now. Well, that would only be, you know, 90% of MAGA. Um, MyPillow.com promo code WORM. They shut Mike Lindell out of Walmart because of his political beliefs and his religious beliefs. We got a sheet sale that's unbelievable. But, of course, you got all the buy one, get one's free. The kids are going to college. Get them a topper, pillows, all of it. Go to MyPillow.com promo code WORM. Do it. It's Labor Day weekend. The close of the summer, go do it today. Incredible sales. Boris, uh, we have uh, Pennsylvania. Give us your assessment. The president's going up there. This is really kicking off. Listen, I said last night we have a moral obligation to win. Everybody's got to get their shoulder to the wheel here and volunteer. we got to win on November 8th. Big. 40, 50 seats, 60 seats, 80 seats in the House, maybe more if we get focused. Plus taking four or five pickups in the Senate. We must impeach him and remove him from office we need to do that by winning Pennsylvania. Give me your assessment of what's going to happen tomorrow at the uh, at the rally, sir. It's going to be a robust, historic, full of heat rally by President Trump tomorrow. There's no two ways about it. As Doug Mastriano said, President Trump's first rally since the raid on his home at Mar-a-Lago on August 8th. I'm looking forward to it. 
It's going to be an exciting, an exciting night. And most importantly, it's going to be a stark contrast. President Trump's hopeful perspective, hopeful view, hopeful belief and love of the United States of America versus Joe Biden's despondent, derisive message last night in Philadelphia. In the same state, you know, a couple hundred miles away, but it's going to be like night and day. President Trump coming out talking strongly about how great America can be and making America great again. And by the way, that's important. You know, Joe Biden blabbers about MAGA forces. Remember what MAGA stands for, make America great again. And to, and to somehow take that, use it as a cudgel against us is about as un-American as it gets. So tomorrow's going to be a fire night. Looking forward to it. Proud, proud of the MAGA movement, of the war room posse, and of course, the leadership of President Donald J. Trump. Remember, everybody stay in the breach this morning and us sitting there going, hey, with steely resolve, not chewing the scenery, steely resolve and saying, hey, dude, we're going to run the tables on you in November. Everybody's at the ramparts and then we're going to impeach you and we're going to remove you from office. OK, because you are unworthy of representing this country and you're completely no and totally illegitimate. You're illegitimate and we know you're illegitimate and you know you're illegitimate. Boris, how do people follow you on social media? Because they need to keep up with you now, sir more than ever lots going on there's no doubt about it boriscp.com is the website sign up right now boriscp.com hot on getter at boriscp on twitter at boriscp truth social at boris and of course the hottest on the gram boris underscore epstein stay strong god bless watch pennsylvania tomorrow shabbat shalom boris thank you i want to bring in mike davis now from article three mike you've given us the best legal advice from the beginning you've been a rocket your ball you haven't wavered nothing's changed but after you see last night when you see last night, do you believe that they are as lawless? When you see last night, do you believe they could still try to move to an indictment? Because obviously the rule of law means nothing to them, sir. I think that they absolutely want to indict President Trump. And you're going to get a uniparty judge in the D.C. District Court who would go along with this. The, the same uniparty judges who have gone along with Biden's waiver of executive privilege in your case and Peter Navarro's case. I mean, this is... This is a, these are uniparty judges who don't have a spine, even the Republican appointed ones. Then you have a, an Obama stacked DC circuit. So the Supreme Court will have to step in and fix this because this is clearly unlawful what they're doing. President Trump had the absolute constitutional power to declassify. He had the absolute statutory power under the Presidential Records Act to uh, maintain personal copies of these records at Mar-a-Lago in the office of former president where they have federally funded office space, secure office space or SCIFs, federally funded staff with security clearances and secret service protection. So uh, the Supreme Court will have to come in and correct this because this is so much bigger than pre President Donald Trump. This is about the presidency and the left's destruction of the presidency for power. The other way they can avoid this, and it looks like President Trump's legal team is doing this, is filing their updated and amended Rule 41G motion under the federal rules of criminal procedure to get back these unlawfully rated records that belong to Trump. They can tee up these legal legal arguments right now down in, with Judge Cannon in the Southern District of Florida. And you'd have it, uh, you'd have the appeal go to the 11th Circuit, which is a lot more fair than the Trump arranged DC District Court and DC Circuit. Give me a couple of minutes. You've been lighting up Bill Barr all day on, on Twitter. What What is that about, sir? Bill Barr is such a disappointment. He's out there hawking his new book, and he's he's going out there trying to trying to th throw throw gas on the fire here on this hoax, this legal hoax that they're running against President Trump about the the declassified personal records he kept at Mar-a-Lago. And I just wanted to point out with Bill Barr, you know, I was a big fan of his when he got picked. I actually was still the Senate Judiciary Committee chairman for his uh, confirmation hearing for attorney general. The, the question I have for Bill Barr, why, what, what did he do for six months starting in June of 2020? Why did he let BLM and Antifa destroy our country? They killed dozens, they caused billions of dollars in de damage, they destroyed American cities, and he was hiding under his desk. He, he was such a disappointment. And I get that he needs to sell books here and try to redeem himself with his rhino friends we can go back to you know being acceptable by the the, the uniparty in dc but this is disgraceful what he's doing by by coming out there and, and he doesn't even he just has a complete misunderstanding a willful misunderstanding of the law because as we've discussed since this raid president trump could not have violated any law uh, any of these criminal statutes as a matter of law 
You you were one of Grassley's right hand men on judiciary, and uh, and you're from Iowa. How did this? I'm asking you this. Put your legal hat off, but just as I, you know, Iowa's one of the backbones of the country. The hardworking folks out there. How would that imagery play last night to Iowa citizens, sir? President Biden is disgusting. He is. Be, he's just so demented and angry and small, and he's he's being used. It's, they just they just drug him up and pull him out there to give these speeches off of a teleprompter. He can't even find his way there or back. He has to have his wife Jill come guide him out of the speech. But he puts out the most hateful, divisive rhetoric, saying that Trump and all of his supporters, 74 million people who voted for Trump in the last election, are are a danger to the republic. This is the same Democrat Party who has BLM and Antifa as their base, abortion protesters at their base, who are firebombing crisis pregnancy centers and Catholic churches and trying to kill Supreme Court justices and their families and their homes, and they're being cheered on by the Biden White House and the Biden Justice Department. I don't want to hear any crap out of them about division in this country because their whole MO since day one has been to divide and conquer this country. Mike, how do people get to you over the weekend on social media and your site? Sure. It's uh, article3project.org, article3project.org, and it's uh, at article3project, at article3project, and my personal is at mrddmia, mrddmia. Thank you. Mike's been the rock of Gibraltar here day one on the legal. Hasn't changed, and he's 100% correct. Okay. uh, One of the greatest filmmakers in American history is John Milius. Uh, and his daughter is a rising superstar in the MAGA movement and conservative filmmaking and filmmaking overall, Amanda Milius. I've asked Amanda, thank you so much uh, to uh, to join us and, and obviously honored to have you on here. A huge fan of your father, who's one of the greats in the history of Hollywood. Amanda, y- you know filmmaking. You're br- you took Lee Smith's book and made a huge hit out of it. I want to walk through the technical part of Lenny Riefenstahl was this great propaganda filmmaker. I was absolutely stunned by the stagecraft last night. Can you walk us through it professionally about the fascistic techniques used to, to project Moloch last night, ma'am? Well, uh, as someone who's been called the Lonnie Riefenstahl of the right, and um, I don't think I've ever had a problem with that, but um, uh, being the Jewish Lonnie Riefenstahl, uh, yes, I can say that is no accident. I mean, as our friend Boris, who was uh, involved in communications from day one, would tell you, there is nothing that happens behind or around a president that is an accident, from the lighting to the uh, stage design to who is present. Um, none of that is an accident. Um, <clears throat> I mean, okay, we just want to talk about aesthetics. Um fairly successful. Uh, if you want to be a Nazi president, um, yeah, that's what I would do. I would, I would, I would design it just like that. Uh, uh, we never did that because we weren't Nazis. Um, so why, why would they, why would they choose that color of red? Why would they choose that blood red? That was a discussion they had. Why would they do that? What, what are they trying to project? That's, that's us. That's our blood. Uh, and, and here's the thing. Remember how much we always say they always uh, accuse us of what they are doing, and they always project what they are going to do. And so the whole administration, the whole last five years, they've been like, the MAGA people are Nazis, they're Nazis. And we are so dumb as to turn around and say like, huh? Like, but, but what? Like, we don't even do like, huh? And like, and we're sitting there acting like that's not just a, what that is, is a brilliant way to uh, inoculate a population against the power of that word so that when they actually do perform those acts, the word will have no meaning. And they are very, very good at that. They have deflated the meaning of the word racism. They have deflated the meaning of the word Nazi-esque. And that's precisely what they're doing. And that's what I said the day of the humanless inauguration when they had the lights going up in the air uh, if you were here in D.C., you couldn't miss it. That was very reminiscent of another um, Hitler-designed uh, uh, event. And if you've, watched, yes. right, if you've watched Triumph of the Will, if you've watched Olympia, which, by the way, are both, um, you know, frankly, I mean, she's the best female filmmaker that ever existed besides me. Um, but the, uh, you know, point behind it was uh, uh, I have a few policy differences with. But um, the uh, the uh, the fact is, is that this shouldn't be a surprise to any of us, because 
the reason they've been calling us Nazis for the last five years is because that's precisely what they prepare to do with us. And again, this isn't about Joe Biden. He didn't sit there and design the thing. He didn't pick it. He's not in charge. This is more of what we call the last 40 years of the um, attempt to deflate the purpose of the executive. They want a puppet president. They know that we know that they know that they're, that's not who's running the show. So basically, I heard something very interesting. I was just recently lucky enough to go to the Claremont Institute as a fellow of the Lincoln Scholarship. And one of the things we talked about at night is this is the first time in not just American history, but in the history of human governance that a population has absolutely no idea who leads them. And that is very weird and very scary. I mean, ask yourself that. Do you know who leads us? I don't. We all have, if you put 10 different people in a room, you come up with 10 different answers. We have absolutely no idea. And that is a very scary place to be. Uh, but if you want me to just stick to aesthetics, I mean, yeah, uh, you want to no, look like a- Hang on. We've got to bounce. I want people to go to your film, though, because your film, your on Lee Smith's book, is the beginning to understand all this. How do people get to your social media and how they most importantly get to your film? Because you speak through okay. your films. Okay, so the website is P-A-T-P, Plot Against the President, movie.com. It has all the places you can watch it, such as Amazon, which you have on all your TVs, where it was the number one documentary for a year and a half. Um, iTunes, YouTube, there's no excuse, uh, Rockfin, etc. cetera. Um, my Twitter is at Amanda uh, Milius. You can follow all my crazy antics there. And on my Instagram, yes, that's me smoking in George Kennan's office. I believe that's a vape, and that's after hours. Um, anyway, <laughs> we got to bounce. But remember, she was both at the State Department and the White House. Amanda, we got to jump. Honored to have you on here. Always, your father is the one of the greatest legends in the history of the industry. Amanda Milius, the young filmmaker for the conservative right. Okay, MTG joins us right after the break. There has arrived the new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want, the way you want. Download now. Okay, get up on Get Over There 24-7. Tomorrow we're doing the pregame uh, 10 to noon for the for the rally. At the 6 o'clock hour, we're going to go to Pennsylvania and talk about what's happening there. But also, I've, I've got uh, Dave Walsh is going to join me. We didn't have time at 5. He's going to join me at 6. Big story in Zero Hedge about the coming global famine driven by energy. We've talked about it for six months on the show, finding other people are catching up. This is vitally important. We want everybody to stay for it. But in addition, I want you to go to birchgold.com forward slash Bannon, totally free. My second installment in the end of the dollar empire. This is about the fall of the prime reserve currency of the U.S. dollar. Financial Times of London came out with an article this week, a column the same, essentially agreeing with my thesis. It's not going to happen today, but it's in route to happening. You must start to understand the Federal Reserve and you must start to understand our currency and our money. Birchgold.com forward slash Bannon. You can get the first one, right? The end of the dollar empire, part one. You can get part two, the fall of the prime reserve currency, the U.S. dollar. So check it out. We'll be going through it a lot next week. Uh, Philip Patrick's going to be back and we're going to have him on to go through it. Okay. I'm honored to have Congressman MTG. Congressman Green, I'd like you to talk about the aesthetics last night of this desecration of Independence Hall and the content of Joe Biden's speech with the gutless coward, Artie, which they said was an urgent wartime address, the Washington Post said this morning, morning, Joe, he's already walked it back. He's so feckless and hapless. What is your assessment of last night, ma'am? I'm appalled. Uh, Steve, I, I like you and, and many other Americans across the country, even Democrat voters and people on the left, CNN reporters were shocked at what we saw. They desecrated that building. Uh, one of our, uh, you know, just beloved institutions and painted it like Nazi Germany. It's unbelievable what they did. And it was all intentional, Steve. They wanted that look. They wanted that look because they know 
Joe Biden is weak. They thought they were going to make him look strong, but they took their mask off and showed us exactly who they are. And I cannot believe that our U.S. Marines were standing out there. Um, that's a threat to, to all Americans. Honestly, it is because he actually declared MAGA Republicans enemies of the state last night and called us extremists and declared us the enemy. But Joe Biden is the enemy. I mean, look at our country. It, we're, we're on the verge of an energy crisis while they steamroll into these climate lies and, and green energy that's already causing rolling blackouts in California and many other problems elsewhere in the country. We've got wide open borders. Stock market's going down today. Um, we have it. We're going to have an 87,000 IRS army. And Joe Biden wants to declare war on us. I mean, this is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And he should be walking it back today. Congressman, the way to do this, I said last night, this was a speech, a photograph that where you look like Moloch in a moment that will live in infamy. Uh, but the only we have a moral obligation now to win sweeping victories in the House and the Senate to then investigate, impeach him and remove him from office. What is your call to action to MAGA, the MAGA nation, the war and posse that is here and obviously huge fans of yours? What is the action that we should take immediately, ma'am? Well, I appreciate your reference to Moloch because that, that comes in a, a high coincidence that they brought John Podesta into the White House. And that's something that needs to be talked about further, Steve, because we all know exactly who that man is. And, and my call to action for everyone listening is I need your help. I have been urging my colleagues, my Republican colleagues, that we have to impeach Joe Biden from literally the day he was inaugurated when I introduced the first articles of impeachment. But I'm, I'm not getting much movement there. I've got some people on board, but we should have the entire conference on board, especially with what we saw last night. And we have, this is a time of testing. It's a time that requires patience because they would love nothing more than our great people, MAGA patriots all over the country and Trump supporters to, to be engaged and commit some kind of violence because that's what they want from us. But that's not who we are. That's never who we are. I'm so excited. I'm here um, in Pennsylvania. I'm excited to be at the rally tomorrow. I'll be speaking on stage supporting President Trump. He's the best president we've had in the United States in our history. And I just ask everyone to call call all Republican colleagues and urge them that we have to impeach Joe Biden as soon as we take power back. How do people get to your PAC? You're out there to back MAGA candidates, and we need as many in the House of Representatives as possible. You've been called up to this massive rally in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania that really put the fire in back of Mastriano, who we had starting the show, and, and Dr. Oz and others. How do people get to your PAC? How do, they, how do they find out more about how they can support and get real MAGA candidates elected? Oh, yeah. No, we need we need all the MAGA candidates we can get, and we have to help them win, and that takes resources and money. SASPAC.com, S-A-S-S-P-A-C.com, SASPAC.com, and that's how we support these candidates. We, we help them with their ads. We help them uh, finance their campaign and support them uh, because we need them. We need as many as we can get, and it's really hard. There's a, there's a big machine in Washington, and they love the moderates. And they love people they can control. But we need fighters. We need people that will support President Trump because that's the way you support the American people. You know, our party is for every single American, Steve, and that's why it's so great. It's, it's not a party of just one identity. It's a party for all Americans, no matter their skin color, their religion, where they come from. And um, that's what we're fighting to do. We're fighting to take this country back and win in November so that we can set the course right again, and, and that's what we've got to do. The audience wants to know, are you safe? They're very concerned about these swattings that have gone on in your house three, four, or five nights in a row. Are you are you in a, you're safe now? I am right now, and that's because I'm a gun owner. I'm, I'm always safe because I'm a gun owner. But, Steve, I've, I've been concerned about you. I mean, maybe the same people that have been swatting me, or apparently you got swatted last night. And I heard it. I heard it was a pretty big deal. But this is who they are. This matches up with exactly what Joe Biden yes. showed us last night. And so trying, you know, the real trying, question they're, they're is: to, is are any of us safe? The, the, the Bethesda Bethesda speech, the Scranton speech, what what uh, Jean Pierre said at the thing about extremism. If you don't believe in, in their rule that you're an extremist, and what he said, 
uh, it's all of a piece. They're trying to have people, their political opponents assassinated, death by cop. Uh, MTG, what is your social media? How do people follow you? Oh, find me on social media, Real Marjorie Green, M- Rep MTG. I'm on both accounts and my website, MTG for America. Thanks so much, Steve. Con- Congressman Green, hopefully see you tomorrow morning on the show. Stick around. We're going to Pennsylvania next for the massive rally. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. 